Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Mark. It is a great day today. You know why? Tell me. I've, I've invited 50 people into <laughs> the studio. We're going to need a lot more mics. <laughs> and they are all encompassed in our guest, James Arnold Taylor. James. Uh-huh. Thank you. Well, yeah, the, uh, 50, 100, 200, whatever you want. We'll just go for it. <laughs> you So, uh, James, you're uh, a voice, how do we say you're a voice actor? A voice right? actor. It used to be voiceover primarily. Right. I think we always kind of talked about voiceover, but voice right. acting is really what it's about. And, uh, you know, because we're just as much performers as any on camera people, we just spend right, our right, time in right. little padded rooms talking to ourselves. So, you know, it's a, it's a fun way to make a living. It's a a blessing for me. It's something that I've always wanted to do since I was four years old. Since you were... Okay, so what happened at four? I want to hear that. Okay, this is great. And this is great that we're here because uh, born and raised in Santa Barbara. Oh, how many generations? My grandfather was born here. That makes you third. Yeah, third. That goes back just to my grandfather. Oh, great. Um, And uh, so we were living in an apartment on Pedregosa. Yep. And there was a little motorcycle accident out in front of our place. Nothing serious. Guy wasn't hurt too bad. But I wanted to be a doctor at the time. My mom worked at Cottage Hospital, and uh, she had the little doctor kit for me and the you know oh, coat right, and all that. So right, I put all right, my gear right. on, went downstairs, <laughs> and pushed my way through the crowd. And at I, four. At four. I got a visual. I, and my brother and sister and my mom, they all swear by this story. I, I went down, looked at the guy, and said, I'd like to help you, but I'm an obstetrician. And <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened. Everybody laughed. Uh, and my mom said, well, you know, Jamie, Jamie was my nickname. She says, if you're going to be a doctor, you got to help people. you got to help anybody. I said, well, I made them laugh. I'll be a comic. I'll be an entertainer. And I was, I had always been fascinated by voice. And so Mel Blank, Don Messick, Don Messick, who, of course. He lives here. He, he did. He did. He passed away, but he was a uh, Santa Barbaran. And I. What was his most famous voice? Oh, boy. Uh, well, he was Scooby-Doo. Okay. He was Mr. Ranger. He was Boo Boo Bear. He was Papa Smurf. He was Race Bannon on Johnny Quest. He was so many. I mean, just like Mel Blanc and Don Messick were really the two guys. Uh, Don was not as known as Mel Blanc. Mm. I think that's, you know, he, but worked just as much. And uh, so he had a lovely home in Montecito. And I remember one day I was working at K-Tide, the radio station. Sure. 99.9. Uh, that's how I started in radio when I was uh, 17. I went in said, how do you get into radio? And uh, I started sweeping up. I met uh, Terry James was one of the DJs, yep, sure. and Terry is still a dear friend of mine. And Mark Avery and Jane Asher and all these folks, they all uh, would let me sit and watch their show. And I would just sit in the room and watch them do their shows. And then I would sneak into the production room at night and do my own fake shows. And the uh, oh, program director, Russ Motla, at the time, he said, you know, uh, let me listen to the shows. Let me see. And sure enough, it was like out of a movie. Three months in, uh, the overnight DJ didn't show. He was, mm, uh, mm, mm. he was. Lo- <laughs> no one knew where he was, and they called me up and said, "Kid, you're on." And I went on, and uh, from that point, the rest is Fell history. In love and, with uh, this. Yeah, yeah. What do you like the most about it? I think the the greatest part about it as a voice actor is all you need is your voice to tell the story, and mm. whatever you can do, whatever you can come up with, whatever you can dream up. You know, I mean go back to reading. My daughter is an avid reader and she loves reading because her imagination gets to do it. And with voice, you get to do that as well. So if I want to be an old British man and tell you a story, Mark, well, then I just talk like this. You know, if I want to be a little kid or a Michael, well, wait a second, Doc, you mean to tell me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, Marty, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? You got the the whole story right right there. One guy can do that. And I love that in radio that... um, I was usually locked in the production room at midnight, and I needed to do a commercial, and I'd need to have other voices. So you just start coming up with voices. What did Franklin say? Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. And it really, yeah, because you just go, well, I need another guy here. Okay, he's got to sound like this, and I'm going to sound like this, and they'll have a conversation. And, you know, so 
you go for it. Are you? Do you pick up the voices on the streets? Do you? Do you? Do you overhear people and acquire them? <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> I like voices with texture and stuff. And Santa Barbara is certainly a wonderful place for that. You can hear all sorts of voices. I, I saw a television show where this woman was trying to get better at that at voices oh. and would walk around with recorders. Oh, really? And her friend said, you can't keep recording my friends. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think what I saw that. that. I was, it wasn't in a world. It, was, I, it no. sounds like it was, no, in, it was a in a world. No, it was in a world. It was in a world. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's like. Yeah, the, which is the voiceover uh, film. Yeah, and a lot of my friends are in that. And uh, that was a great movie about voiceover. And, of course, a woman becoming a trailer voice, you know, in a world, one man. But it was, it was a woman doing it. And so that was neat. Yeah, it was fun. Have you done any of those? I have. I've done many of those, yeah. Uh, they're usually more like that first voice, the British voice I did, you know. Uh, a young boy on an adventure, you know, and where he will go, we'll must, we must find out. You know, there's just always this, this kind of wonderful... And I do the voice for Fox for uh, Sunday nights for their stuff. Animation, domination, The Simpsons, coming up next, you know, so it's this big kind of Gary Owens kind of voice. Right. You have, so to, hold I, your, I, you I, have yeah. to hold your hand <laughs> All up. of you are laughing because <laughs> I, I did put my hand on my ear. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do it. The... Um, Voice acting has become a huge payday. Yeah, it's uh, it can be a lucrative way to to make a living, and it's one of those things that um, I think most people kind of want to get into now because they go, oh wow, these guys sit in a little room, they talk for a little bit, they make a bunch of money. It's not, it's not that. As you all know, even from podcasting, there's you know this, there's a lot that goes into this. There's you a bet. lot of energy. There's a lot of time, and. You know, for video games, for example, that's some of the most strenuous work you'll ever do. And you've done hundreds. Yeah, literally. Uh, and there's some that I'm the most known for. There's a game called Ratchet and Clank, and we just had a movie that came out, Ratchet and Clank, based What's, on the video what game. What kind of video game is that? It's a it's a family friendly kind of buddy adventure. Ratchet is this character; he's a lombax, kind of this cat like character, and Clank is his robot. And uh, he's they his, call they call that a two hander. A two-hander in the film what? film parlance, it's called a two-hander. That's ah. where it's where you got you've got two uprights that are, are there. There is no love <sighs> tryst between. They're just they're a two-hander. They, <laughs> so it's not a buddy film. Buddy film's another buddy term film, for yeah. Okay. yeah. But a two-hander is where you where you, like a Lethal Weapon was a two-hander. Yeah. God. Yeah. Wow. So that's and so they just we just had a movie come out this last year and it, it did all right. It's doing better on video because it was the video game crowd. But mm. uh, games, yeah, we've done I've done seventeen of those games of Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Final Fantasy X was a big one. As What's well. the script look like for that for a video game? Like, how oh, are you? Man. What are you? What? How much? How long is the dialogue that you're doing? And then are you just like just doing it over and over again? Or so for Final Fantasy X, which was really the the first one that they did voices in in the Final Fantasy franchise, and it was probably the most kind of popular, most known. I was the the main character in that. Titus was his name. The script was like a phone book, mm, which no. you know was it was literally this thick, uh, which is about uh, people can't see. I'm doing like about three and a half inches, four inches thick. And uh, it was three and a half months of recording, and wow. every day, four-hour sessions, some days eight-hour sessions. Because, you know, if you turn left, your adventure goes that way. If you turn right, your adventure goes, if you go straight ahead. If you turn back, you know, there's different lines of dialogue for everything. So you have to be able to be ready for it all. This, this sounds like the, um, uh, when, they, when they record somebody for the, uh, like one of the, uh, the, the apps that, yeah. that direct you. The prompts, yes. Yeah, like Ed Helms. Turn Helm. left. At, yeah. <laughs> Ed Helms was talking about how he was listening to himself on the app after playing uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the, uh, the vacation movie. Oh, yeah. And the, and it, but he walked into a meeting and his, and his phone was like, you've arrived. And it was like <laughs> his own voice telling him that he had arrived. It's very strange. Yeah. yeah. I've walked into stores at, at times and heard my voice, you know, on a commercial or something. Oh, yeah. You've got, what? oh, you know, it's oh, that, that was me. <laughs> leaving yourself for a minute. Yeah, it's very weird. Are there any voices, this is a, this is a technical question sure. that I'm very interested in. Are there any voices that you're, you're, um, that have been trademarked by a client and you, can know, you, can, you can't use them outside of oh. the parameter oh, of that's, that? Yeah, it's a great question. I know that for like, uh, for example, The Simpsons, all the folks on The Simpsons, they won't really do the voices outside of that. Right. Uh, it has to be a specific interview. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi for all the uh, Star Wars, the, the Clone Wars and Rebels mm. and uh, movies and games and things for years. And uh, they, they don't have any restrictions really on it unless I'm 
they don't want me selling anything in the voice or anything, sure. obviously. But, you know, obviously doing this, I, I could sit and talk like Obi-Wan all day. My wife would prefer it if I actually spoke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, and it's, it started as a voice match for Ewan McGregor. Mm. And so a uh, lot of my work is uh, doubling celebrities. So is that ADR? It is ADR. It's so looping tell me, ADR. Tell people so what ADR is. Automatic dialogue replacement. Sometimes it's called additional dialogue replacement. What happens is uh, they do a film. They have bad sound. There was a plane that went over a train or some type of noise or just a bad recording or a, uh, the microphone peaked. It got too hot and distorted. Uh, they might need to go back in and re-record the lines. Uh, for example, the movie Waterworld. Remember what a sure. what a wonderfully uh, local actor. As a, uh, yes, as, that's right. Yeah. As a young child, I was a very big fan of that. Well, yes. Waterworld. Most of that movie was ADR'd because they shot it Outside. out in the ocean. So you had, you know, in the background, the everything. So they had to redo that. Uh, most of Star Wars uh, that wasn't on sets had to be re-ADR'd. And, and so I will do a lot of actors. Johnny Depp, if he's not available, I go in and I fill in and I do his. Give us some Johnny so Depp. So if, if it's Captain Jack Sparrow, mate, you're looking for my ship, the Black Pearl, you know, then I'll do that, Savvy. Um, if he's uh, Willy Wonka, chewing gum is really gross. Chewing gum I hate the most. Uh, or um, the Mad Hatter. Oh, Alice, you simply must come and see us. You know, I was uh, doing his stuff for the last movie that came out. And so you just fill in Johnny Depp's regular speaking voices right about there. Everything is very kind of muted and almost an accent, but not really, you know. So, yeah, it's just, uh, so you study the people. Uh, Michael J. Fox, as I did before. Christopher Lloyd, another local in Santa yep. Barbara. Uh, I played young Doc Brown in the Back to the Future video game, and he played the old version, and mm. I played the young version of him. That must have been fun working with him. Yeah, it's a challenge to go, he's got such a wonderful voice, and he's got so much texture and all of that to it. He's like, what? How do you turn that into a young voice? So I took a little, because I've, I've done Michael J. Fox's doubling for years, I took a little Michael J. Fox and a little Christopher Lloyd, and I combined them, and so I got this uh, 17-year-old Dr. Emmett Brown, and that's what mm. you get. So yeah, it was... That, that, how fun is that? It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so when you go to study a voice, mm -hmm. I've got to imagine your that's a talent you have. Another talent is just being able to get that. Thank God. Yeah. I, it's just one of those things I don't. I have no explanation for it. I can see the person in my head, yeah. and I feel my throat change, and then I just. So if I'm if I'm thinking of Johnny Carson, I will. Uh, I'll take on his mannerisms. Start to move and talk like him. Of course, all the kids that are listening have no idea who I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> Sadly. So I'll do, I'll do Jay Leno, but I don't do Jimmy Fallon's voice, so uh, they won't yeah. know who I'm talking but, but, about. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so J Jimmy is a, another great... He's a fantastic impersonator and actor and performer, yeah. So there's a difference, though, I think... What? No. Explain the difference between... Because you... The difference between impersonating and then having someone's yeah. voice for the ADR. Cause that's, that's, that's it, Mark. That's see. So voice doubling is what I do, uh, which means I'm not going to do a if, – if I'm going to do a Chris Walken, I'm not going to do the over-the-top thing, you know, everybody does. I'm going to go and I'm going to say if Chris was here talking to you, Mark, it would sound something like this, you know, just very normal. And so you do the best you can. Uh, so that's the doubling aspect instead of a, you know, Dana Carvey did Johnny Carson and he did him way up. That's it was wild. a parody. He was doing a parody. Yeah, he was doing of, a parody, a caricature. Yeah. And, uh, and those are fun and they're great. You know, uh, Kevin Spacey is a wonderful caricature, you know, in, in impressionist. I think he, he, gets, he, he gets. He's good at that. Yeah, he's he just, quite good at it, he isn't gets, he? He grabs onto it and he becomes the person. Um, but uh, when you have to double them, you have to act like them, talk like them, breathe like them, think like them. You How know. long can you sustain that? It depends. It depends on the person. You know, I mean, uh, Johnny Depp, I've had to do things where I've been in the studio for six hours. Oh, gosh. Uh, you come out and you have more scars than you went in <laughs> with? Yes. <laughs> uh, Jay Baruchel, who is an actor from How to Train Your Dragon and... Um, uh, many other movies and things. And, and Jay, is uh, he's a Canadian actor, and he sounds like this. It's almost like uh, Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks oh, right. is right there. Jay Burchell is up here. Paul Giamatti is over here. You know, Paul Reiser is going to be right there. You know, you just kind of move it around. Yeah, <laughs> I do. You know, I have a stage show that I do called Talking oh, to Myself. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's a one Talking man, to Myself. Talking to Myself. When was the last time you did that? I just did it uh, two weeks ago Where? in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, for about 3,000 people at a, at a Comic-Con. 
Yeah. And uh, that would be a good that's a good venue for that. It I is. That's, yeah, I do. What's it, their um, favorite thing? Oh, uh, well, at the end of the show, I do this bit where I go through 120 some odd voices and I talk what? about uh, within like five minutes. And I, I talk about how voices are connected. So you can start with one voice and uh, find the tone and then just drop your tone or give it some pitch, give it some texture, give it an accent. And so I, I start with uh, Michael Emerson from the TV show Lost. He played Benjamin Linus and he has this way of talking. And if you take his voice and make it less creepy and make it a little more folksy and friendly, well, then you get Ron Howard. Ron Howard's voice is right here. You lose the folk and give it a little soul, and then it becomes Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake's voice is just a little cooler than mine, but it's right there. You pitch it up, and it's, oh, it's David Spade, and you are, oh, yeah, bye-bye. And bring it down low, and it's Jack Nicholson, who if you bring up right here, it's Christian Slater, because it's basically the same voice, just not as deep. So you just, I just run through all mm, the voices mm. like that. And, and people love they love, <laughs> they love it. Yeah, it's fun. Why do, why do you think that is such an appeal? Is it because I don't know. It, it truly feels like a superpower? I, you know, maybe. Because like, I, <laughs> I can't. Three for three, Mark. Three for three. That's awesome, man. I think it really is. It's uh, it's one of those things I always found myself leaning in. Fra- uh, Frank Gorshin was a – Oh. Uh, he was the best. You know, Rich Little is the one everybody kind of knew growing up. Yeah. Uh, growing up for me. I, I And I loved Rich Little. He was great. But Frank Gorshin was the one that Riddler really, on Batman. The Riddler on Batman. Riddle me this Bad man, you know, and he was the first guy to do like Nicholson, pulling the hair back and putting the glasses on and doing the whole, you know, and so he broke the code, I think, for a lot of us. But I think people are fascinated by it. For some reason, it then it allows them to be with those people, you know, mm. or whatever. You know, Christopher Walken, again, is, is he's been the one that's been the most popular. Him and Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, everything is down here. So you just kind of talk and tell a story about the penguins. So, you know, it's just, but people, oh, they just, they lean right. in. They want right. I don't know what it is. Uh, I've been doing improv for the last year and a oh, half. Oh, really? And, I mean, late in life, decide, my yeah. wife says, oh, we're going to go do improv. <laughs> okay, it's great. Right? Yeah, let's go do that. Yeah. Uh, it's very fun until they say, be a character. Oh. I suck <laughs> at that. <laughs> And, why, why do you think? Uh, well, I was with coffee with a friend a couple of days ago, yeah. and I went. In, I did this little um, thing like, "Oh, sir, could I could I have some more, please?" Yeah. And and it and I it was like being Oliver Twist urchin <laughs> at thirty five, <laughs> yeah. uh, and she said, "Oh, you should do that yeah. uh, at improv." So that was Tuesday. So Wednesday night I went to improv. Okay. And uh, we did this piece. It's where there's three actors on stage and you pick a very uh, definable character. Okay. Okay. So, and then the director goes, switch. And then you take to the left and now you're that but character. You have to be theirs. And then and carry the scene on. And you do that oh, three man. times and you come back. And so I said, oh, I started like, you know, like that. And yeah. then everybody went English. <laughs> I couldn't sustain it past another two or three lines. Oh, I, really? It was just awful. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a great idea. Poor, very poorly executed. <laughs> no. You have to hear it, and you got to just um, – you have to be a ham. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, a big ham, I guess. I've just – since I was a little kid, I've loved performing. Uh, you seen it's your l- latest car accident. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just – I just love – I love doing it. Um, and you have to hear it in your voice, uh, in your head, I guess. So no matter mm-hmm. no matter what you know if you're doing Obi Wan Kenobi I you know I can be Obi Wan all day if I need to and uh, it's just um, you just hear it before it comes out I think. What's the hardest voice? Um, the hardest ones are the ones that are the closest to my voice. Yeah, that would, oh. I was just we, I was going to ask a question about like how do you return to your voice and know that you're there and not someone <laughs> else? <laughs> it's tough. Like the easiest ones are so now I've been the voice of Fred Flintstone for uh, about ten eleven years. Yeah, but David, Wilma, Bonnie, uh, Fred Flintstone is right there. Of course, uh, Alan Reed was the original voice of Fred Flintstone. Then uh, he passed away, and Henry Corden took over for him. Henry had a little more Jackie Gleason in him. Yeah, I was going to say, did he base it on Gleason? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it yeah. was. Oh. It was a, it was a total takeoff uh, from the Honeymooners. Uh, yeah. And that's why, you know, hey, Fred, you know, yeah. Barney was a uh, hey, Ralphie boy. It's Norton. The same, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same. Barney, you know. You know so, um so I took over for Henry Corden, and Henry was um, getting older, and he uh, was actually getting ill and knew it. And so they went on a big search 
for the new voice of Fred Flintstone, and I was the least likely person to get the voice uh, because, uh, well, for people that can't see me, I'm a five foot four, about 120 pounds uh, blonde. Uh, maybe Barney Rubble you could pass as, but uh, not Fred Flintstone. So I, I put together uh, my auditions, and I did an audition. I did a special audition of Fred Flintstone auditioning for his own job. Mm. Yeah, give us a second of that. Yeah, so it was uh, okay. Uh, state your name and uh, what you're doing, what character. Uh, this is uh, I'm uh, Fred, uh, Fred Flintstone reading for uh, Fred Flintstone. Okay, yeah, but okay, cut. Let's try that again. A bigger, yeah, but uh, all right, yeah, but no, 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 give him more energy. You know, it was so it was that kind of a thing. And so, uh, just finally 90 seconds in, they said, <laughs> That's our guy. Yeah. And who's, I walked who's the in. guy in the, on the, on, in the, in the booth? Well, that's, that's, what, that's what happened. So I walked in, and the director literally, she looked over me. She went, where's, where's the other guy? Are you the agent? You must be yeah. the agent. You bring the, where's your guy? You got your talent guy with you? And uh, Henry Ooh. Corden, God bless him, he was, he was there. Oh. And so he was, you know, because he was choosing. Sure. And mm. we went into the booth, and Henry's there with me, and they play me clips of him. And then I, they'd say, repeat the line, and it was, Post Fruity Pebble cereal, part of this good breakfast. I said, Post Fruity Pebble cereal, part of this good breakfast. And she'd go, No, 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 you're not deep enough. And the engineer went, He's deeper than Henry. She said, No, no, you're not Gleason enough. Henry says, He sounds just like him. She says, Henry finally loses his temper. He goes, Would you stop looking at him and listen to him? And she was, you know, she was great. She's like, You're right, you're right. She closed her eyes. She did the rest of the session not looking at me. And it got to the point where she couldn't tell if who it was, was on the mic. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, yeah. So that's the voice doubling. Yeah. I mean, it was, it started as, as really a double, but then it became, you know, a character that you get to do and you get to put your own spin on. Same with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, uh, Obi-Wan was, it was very much, I was just impersonating Ewan McGregor because the films were still being made. And so I was doing his voice. And so if he's Anakin, you know, you look tired. And then I would, I would just copy his. When we did the Clone Wars, George Lucas said, you know, these are your characters now. Play these characters the way you would. And so he became a little different. It's a little lower and uh, I don't know, just I found a place of comfort for that voice for me and and that became my Obi-Wan. And so, yeah, it, it, but it, they do begin as doubling a lot of times. <laughs> and now people are telling you and McGregor, no, 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 you're not, you don't quite... <laughs> <laughs> Because in the Clone Wars, I remember you were much, just much darker. <laughs> That's the crazy thing is, is I've voiced more of that character than him and Alec Guinness. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, over, over the last 14 years. So it's, yeah. But yet the world knows Ewan. You know? I, you know, that, that hits me, though, because um, the Batman animated series yeah. uh, had a voice actor on it who I've never looked up kind of because I don't want to. I don't want to find out that. Which, it, for which voice? The voice of Batman? Yeah. That's Kevin Conroy. There you go. And, and. And so by the time, like, like when Christian Bale takes over the piece, you're just like, oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> like, like, that's too bad because he doesn't sound like what... Kevin was the... I mean, and Mark Hamill, of yes. course, my buddy yeah. Mark, yeah. who uh, we all know now as Luke Skywalker. Did the Joker. Did the Joker. And, and so Mark, who was so typecast in Hollywood as, you know, the greatest superhero, Luke Skywalker, uh, he found voiceover as a really great... Outlet, yeah. Yeah, way of, of continuing his craft. And he's a tremendous voice actor. And he has great respect for voice actors. And so uh, we're, we're good friends. And he is wonderful to watch work. But he got to then, but then he also, interestingly enough, gets to author the kind of the legacy of the Joker to a yeah. certain extent because there's an entire generation who's that's their Joker. Exactly right. So now yeah. they've got new people trying to do different things with it. And Kevin Conroy as well. Kevin had that wonderful big, you know. I am Batman, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Oh, it was huge. And, and uh, he, still, uh, he still does him for a lot of things. But uh, And Christian Bale, I was his double for the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. So he, uh, Christian Bale was, was there. You know. Can you do Let Her Go? <laughs> Let Her Go. It was, yeah. It's somewhere <laughs> he, he, between now, the you know first and second he's film. He's going to cut that out and turn it into a ringtone. <laughs> no, my, my wife wakes me up occasionally with that. She does. She does. <laughs> But you know, she's just, let her go. <laughs> let her go. <laughs> it cracks me. See, I so, like in the first movie when I was doing his doubling, he wasn't. He was just kind of doing this. Yeah, yeah, he was deep. And then it became this mother. You know, urgent. Just, yeah, just throat ripper thing. You know, so I don't know. There's a beautiful. There's a beautiful moment in uh, Neighbors starring Seth Rogen yeah. and. Um, Zach Efron, where they're doing, they're they're like my Batman's like this, my Batman's like, and they're doing they're doing back <laughs> and forth Batman's. Batman's, yeah, 
it happens like in the world of voiceover. I mean, that's what we do. You know, it's always like you get into a room with voice actors. Oh, that must be insane. It it is. I mean, because voice actors are, again, some of the most. It's a small group, isn't it? It is kind of a small group of us, yeah. Uh, And some of the most uh, wonderfully talented, just biting. (laughs) Who's Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh is Jim Cummings. And Jim Cummings reads Vader's lines from the first yeah. Star Wars as Winnie the That's Pooh. That's a thing we do called Twisted Tunes that we take all over. Beautiful. Uh, so we tour beautiful. with uh, doing cons. We just did uh, the um, Harry Potter movies nice. last week in, in Salt Lake. So tell me about that. So we'll just take a script, and uh, they'll get six or eight of us voice actors together, and uh, we'll read the script. You read it. And each scene, we change the characters up. So scene one, I'll be, you know, Harry Potter as Fred Flintstone, you know, and then the next one, it'll be you know, <laughs> Jack Sparrow. Or, yeah. Marty. Yeah, yeah that's, that's nice. <laughs> yes, exactly. What is there a voice that, that somebody handed you and you struggled with? Have you had a... Yeah. Uh, so Ron Howard, who I did earlier, that was one where they went, they needed a, a double for him for Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. He was so busy yeah. and he narrated the show. Right. And so my agents were like, no, I think you can do it. And in my regular voice, it's actually very similar. He just has a little more kind of a folksy, friendly kind of way of talking. And so I had to really struggle with finding that voice and, and then not going into myself. Same with Michael J. Fox. His voice is all right there. And David Spade, they're all kind of in that little world. And so I – and but I double for them. So if they're not available, they say, oh, yeah, get, get James out there, you know. So I struggle, though, because I, I can't – break into my voice with it but um one that everybody always thought i could do which i've only done a few times i can't really do is toby mcguire and i know toby and he's a wonderful guy but he's got this great voice it's just it's very unusual in its pitch Mm. and it's not in a place that i can just hit but because i do a lot of young sounding but everybody assumes i can do it and so i've always joked with them like i can't do your voice have you lost a voice that you used to be able to do but now you can't as you get older well uh so and this is all in my uh, in my state show. I, I tell the story at the end. Uh, about 11 years ago, I was exposed to black toxic mold, and mm. I, I lost mm. my voice. Terrifying. Lost your lost voice. Lost my voice. I had uh, chronic laryngitis and massive throat infections. For a and, voice actor, that's like... Yeah. Uh, we had bought... So my wife and I were about to adopt our daughter from China, and we bought this house, and uh, we were living in L.A. at the time. And uh, it was... Very centrally located. We thought it was going to be the perfect place. It was a flip, and they did it all on the cheap. And they, oh, they nailed everything white. Yeah, they nailed the drywall up with uh, nails and put them through the pipes. And so the walls were leaking for the first 10 months we were there. We didn't know it. Yeah. And I ran my hand down the wall, and my hand fell in. And then uh, it was mold there. And I looked in and, of course, was exposed to the mold. And so I breathed it in, and they found six types of mold in the wall. They found all six in my blood. And I was, uh, yeah, so I did. I had an immune disorder from it, uh, just all sorts. I got very, very sick. I dropped to about 96 pounds. Mm-hmm. I couldn't Louise. contain anything. You know, I was in this kind of perpetual, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> trying to get my voice all the time. So uh, I had to retrain, and I worked with a fellow by the name of Gary Katona. And Gary uh, has worked with, like, Jack Klugman when he had throat cancer, and he helped him perform on Broadway afterwards mm. in The Odd Couple and such. And he worked with uh, the, the three tenors and Whitney Houston. He's, he's, he's an expert with this. And so he helped me get my voice back. But uh, so, And now it's actually How long did stronger. that take? Oh, gosh. Um, really over the course of a year, but three months to get it to where I was actually able to kind of— Get back to work. Get back, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is your voice insured— it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 After that fact or before that? Uh, it was before that, but, you know, we didn't know exactly where we were Who do you go, go so. to to buy voice insurance? Uh, there's several different places. Is that a Lloyd's of it's London a Lloyd's thing? Lloyd's of London thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that's, yeah. so wait, what? Because <laughs> that's not something everybody has is that kind of like, <laughs> so that, that indemnifies you against or, or protects you against uh, certain moments of like, if you were to be in a car accident. And lost yeah. your voice because of some yeah, injury. Yeah, it's and I didn't, you know, I didn't pursue anything when I lost it because I, w- I was hoping I could get it back sure. and, and such. And and there's all sorts of rules and stipulations of well, what does it mean to what really lose your voice? Lost. But because my voice is like, it's rare that you hear this voice. Uh, so <sighs> most of my work is other voices. Right. So. It's yeah. Wait, so are there? I wonder, are there some of your voices that aren't insured? So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if you lose Fred Flintstone, <laughs> that's a certain portion of your income. So that's, that's right. just weird. No, it's 
I'm sorry, you're not. You're not. You're covered for walking. Yeah. We've 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 got you for Kevin Bacon, but, but we, we don't have Fred in there. Um, you should have written that in. We didn't know you were doing Fred. He's an additional writer. Yeah, That's right. yeah video game writer. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question about voice actors. That is. Um, the actors who use their normal voice. So yeah. we, we now find the the big animated films uh-huh. have That's all these actors, and we Ellen DeGeneres and Dory. Uh, yes. That is exactly the one because yeah. I asked my wife, you know, what is she? She says, I she kept me out of the movie because she was always Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, uh-huh. That's what your she wife said. Never, yeah, huh. she wasn't Dory. This is why I love your wife because. <laughs> Here's the issue. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it is a big issue. It's certainly an issue for voice actors, and it's become a bigger issue through the years because celebrities want to do voiceover. And right. they sell movies. Yeah. If you attach a name to a movie, that's exactly. At least that's the thought process. Right, 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 right. And, Qu- air uh, quotes, air yeah. quotes. Now, I've been in uh, several motion pictures where I have played the lead, Ratchet and Clank, in fact, and got my name on the poster with Paul Giamatti and Sly Stallone and all of them. And... Uh, it didn't make a hill of beans. The difference that I was a voice actor because the people that went knew that I was the voice from the game. And in fact, if they had replaced us with celebrities, they all would have kind of revolted and said, "We're not going to, you know, we're not going to see it." So Hollywood has it in their head. They need the names. They need the celebrities, and they know how to do it. Voice actors, they they do cartoons and they do characters, and yeah, you know. But so like um, Disney, Pixar. They will use whoever from their office. Hey, Bob, we come in and do a voice, you know, and they'll taft Hartley them into the union instead of hiring voice actors. So it's a little dis. It's they dis- hold it back up. Yeah, <laughs> they'll taft Hartley them into the union. That was yeah. a buzzword. I'm not compliant so, with. So taft Hartley is how you get into the Screen Actors Guild. Unless you, there's several ways you can get in, but being taft Hartley is the main way. It's the way I got in. It's the way most what actors does that get mean? in. I think it. I think taft Hartley must have been. The name of somebody that originally politician yeah, who wrote the bill is, is Patrick looking it up. <laughs> He's totally looking <laughs> fact it checking up. right now. So, yes. um, uh, but so when you're Taft Hartley in, it means there's a job they've hired you, and we Mark is the only person that can do this job, and we need Mark. We so, call it sole source contracting. So we are going okay, yeah. So we need to get him in, and so we're going to Taft Hartley him into this. And so yeah, Pixar has been known to <laughs> Taft Hartley a few people in that weren't voice actors and get them in there and you know look they they have the right to do that it's nothing wrong with it and it's fun for them but it's a bummer for me as a voice actor because i go you know you can hire all of us and we'll fill in all those voices but i know you like to put in your secretary and your friend but let's so one what came to mind was yes i'm a human i can read that script i can probably do i mean i'm so self-conscious of my voice right now sitting with you really but um the because you've already explained pitch and tenor and temper and, right. and all of those things, but you had a word that I don't know that civilians would understand, ah. which was texture. Yeah. Okay. So give give us some examples of texture and then why texture is important. Oh yeah. Well, texture is so. My regular speaking voice has a slight bit of texture. It's got that little uh, crack in it, and some of that is actually from still. When I'm in my, if I need to clean it up and take it out, I can take it out. But if I'm just going to talk to you normally, you'll hear that There's little, a little bit, yeah, little crack. Right, and uh, that's residual from getting sick before. Hmm. But uh, some of it will never really go away. But um, uh, Dennis Leary comes to mind. Dennis Leary has this wonderful texture to his voice. From smoking. So everything he says has that kind of you hear that extra. Yeah, exactly right. So. Um, Hey, Ian McKellen, if Ian McKellen is speaking, he has this wonderful texture to his voice. And sometimes it's down in here. Other times it's a little frosty. And that's not an affect. That's just his voice, if he's speaking. Uh, John Hurt. John Hurt is a wonderful British actor. And he has this, he's just got this wonderful way of speaking. And so that's texture. Uh, Texture, Michael J. Fox has texture to his voice. He's also got a nasal quality. Do you think that they that at some point because every actor that you've kind of mentioned along the way uh, has iconically established themselves like there's yeah. enough material for you to investigate you yeah. know and whereas mm-hmm. whereas I, I wonder 
because like Toby Maguire, as you said, has a distinctive voice, but at the same time, I don't think of him as an iconic voice. Yeah. He's not one of those voices that I think if I heard, like when I hear John Hamm doing a car commercial, yeah. you know, you're just like, oh, there's Don Draper. Like I can, because yeah. right. he's just, you can just, he, he's developed, there's a character in there. Yeah. That's more, and that was that was also the interesting thing when you had like five different Johnny Depp's. Yeah, and you're you're like because Johnny has created these hey. manifestations yeah. um, that that hold. Whereas like I think there's a lot of younger actors who have just yet to give you enough material to to <laughs> to, to, to you know activate yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf, I do his, which is very. <laughs> Very similar to Michael J. Fox with more texture to it and a little deeper. Uh, Andrew Garfield is very similar to They all swim in the same area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. When, when Andrew Garfield does in America. So I did his stuff for Spider-Man. Mm. So mm. Um, mm. when he's doing in American, because he's not American, he's Australian. How did they? British. Okay, okay, yeah. stop yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, so right, so those are voice actors so too, Christian Bale. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to come out right now. Yeah. I liked watching Gossip Girl. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Okay. All of the characters on their British turns People, <laughs> I just lost thousands of listeners. Oh, no. Uh, but there was the one character, I forget his name, who was the the rich, would, would fuck with people. Taylor. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, and he was, as, say, he was as British as you could get, but yeah. perfect English. How the heck do they do that? Well, it's, you know, it's an amazing talent. It's so funny because anytime I see a, an actor on something now, that I don't know. And I go, I haven't seen them before. I go, they've British. got to be British. Yeah. <laughs> then, so I'll Google them and then I'll see yeah. an interview with them and they'll go, yes, actually, we were working on this and it was wonderful. And you're like, of course. Of All course sorts of the young there. actors out there. Like, really? Well, because acting school in, in, in Britain is really strong. And they've yeah, learned, yeah. Yeah. you know, it used to be, you know, you got Dick Van Dyke who I've actually, <laughs> I, I've doubled for Dick Van Dyke no. as Bert. Oh, nice. So I had to do a bad Mary Poppins, you got to do a, a bad Dick Van Dyke almost accent, but not really. You got to you know, lose it every few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've come a long way, baby. You know, uh, but these guys, yeah, they're just, they've got an ear. And probably just from growing up watching all of these American films mm. and studying and TV, and they just know how to. I mean, Christian Bale is, is brilliant at ooh, taking ooh. out. <laughs> see, now I just feel like you're like this <laughs> piano player, and I can just see all that. <laughs> how's your. Uh, Called Stump the Guest. Yeah. How's your Mark Wahlberg? Oh, boy, I've never had to do Mark's yeah. You do now. <laughs> no, no, you don't know. Uh, that's why I asked it as a question. Yeah, I didn't he's, say, he's got, you know. He's got that. He's got that. I mean, well, he's, he's got, it's, it's kind of lazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I almost went into Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nicolas Cage is great because he's got, so everything he says is down here. But then he gets really angry, you know, and he's, he's just like, so I was, did this cartoon called Johnny Test where I played this 11-year-old kid. And Johnny Test sounded like this. And so for four hours, I would have to talk like this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the director would say, read that, Nicolas Cage that line. And so that meant I would start down here. And then by the end of it, I was totally screaming, you know. So you just, so it's a Nicolas Cage when you do that. But Nicolas Cage... And Owen Wilson, if they were having a, oh yeah, if they had a conversation. <laughs> Owen is stunned that he's yeah. speaking every time. <laughs> so see how I diverted from the Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, no, that's nice. I'll do it. I'll, I'll work well on played. it. Well, here's the, the <laughs> well thing. The, the, the follow-up question to that is, and, and particularly with the Nicolas Cage, is Andy Samberg does a big yeah. Nicolas Cage. And it does it, and, and also that you mentioned earlier when you were talking about Kevin Spacey, who has his Chris Walken versus Kevin Pollock's Chris Walken? Yeah. There, there's always that that question of are you doing, are you doing Chris Walken or are you doing Kevin Spacey's Chris Walken? And most people are doing his or Jay Moore. Jay right. Moore was like Jay the first is, guy. Jay to is. Do. I love Jay. He's so good. He was the first guy to really do Walken. Yeah. He did it on a bit on Saturday Night Live, and it was the oh. Christopher Walken show. And he would stare oh, uncomfortably yeah. at the camera and go, "Why aren't you calling?" You should be calling. It's great, you know, and and so people started doing it based on that. So, I I did Chris's voice in a game, and a review came out and said Christopher Walken is great in this game, <laughs> and they didn't credit me as it. They oh, you know, so, oh. but uh, so that's when you know you you've got it. Down. Can you do Jay Moore? No, <laughs> I got to work on Jay. What's but see that's kind of that's, see this goes right? back to my early statement of of I don't know that Jay, I mean Jay Moore's had a talk show he's had yeah. he's been on TV he was but in what's yeah. his Ma voice Mar you know? I know exactly well but see and so that was I was going to back to uh, Mark Wahlberg um, did a thing on Saturday Night Live where he kept saying uh, or they made a joke about how's your or say hi to your mother or how's yeah. your mother and so he was like talking to a donkey and he's just like you know. <laughs> 
like this was this whole joke about that he was he was he was that, that he was getting parodied. Yeah, that's you know that was, moment you know like where Sarah Palin sh- can you do Sarah Palin? <laughs> <laughs> like Sarah Palin do you shows do women up. at all? Uh, I've I've had to uh, at times. Um, in fact, it started back at K Tide. Mm. Uh, when you were doing your fake commercials. When we would do the, the morning show stuff. Oh. I would produce the morning shows. And, and you'd have needed, guests that didn't They needed exist. people to call in. What? And I used to call in as this girl, Denise, and they would give her prizes all the time. And she'd freak out and drop the phone and start screaming. Because that's and, what you want when a prize is given away. Not this is like, great, cool. Yeah. We're going to pick that up. So she'd be like, uh-huh. Ah, you know, just boom, and drop the phone. And ah, she'd scream. And oh I, I remember my, gosh. my my mom said she was listening to the show. She said, oh, that poor girl. I said, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? You know, so, but I've had to do, yeah, like some some women's voices you can do. Uh, but I did, uh, there was a movie, Pieces of April, and there was a woman that lived downstairs from her, and it was an old, old woman, and they needed to do some of her lines. Over. And so it was this kind of old woman voice, and I did her voice in it. It was somewhere in there, yeah. And so, yeah, it depends. depends well, on and the voice of Bart Simpson is, is done by a woman. That's right, yeah, yeah. And she's fantastic. Well, is it prepubescent, like a <laughs> child? Like, that's you know, not so strange. <laughs> yeah, it was so many of the, the voices in, uh, you know, the Rugrats, E.G. Daly and Christine Cavanaugh and all of them, they, they did the voices of all the little boy voices, and it's still quite often, yeah. So tell us about the, the business of voice acting. Well, voiceover itself, voice acting is, um, again, it's, as you mentioned, it's a small group of people. There's, there's different types. So you've got animation, and there's right. a very tight-knit group of us that do animation. Yep. Uh, and then you've got narration and promo, you know, in a world, those guys, right. and the trailer, promo and trailer stuff. And I'm fortunate to work in all these. And then you have the commercial work. What's and an that's, example of commercial? Commercial work oh, would like be commercial. just like commercials. Car, car commercial. Yeah, product, but then you got different line. different things. And a lot of celebrities have come in on and taken away a lot of campaigns. In, in you know, back in the old days, boy, when I was young, stunned now. Uh, in the old days, you'd go in and you'd read for a car commercial and you might get the campaign. And, you know, within that year, you do that and you make you know, a quarter year. of a million dollars, mm. you know, doing Who's this. Who's the hunk who does Lincoln? Yeah, who is the voice of Ma- Lincoln? Ma- uh, Matthew McConaughey. Is it? Oh, is it McConaughey's doing yeah. that? Okay, yeah. Matthew, I've done Matthew's voice in a few films. All right, all, all right. right, all right, all right. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. I did his voice in a couple movies, but yeah, everything is all right in there, man. Yeah, so when he's in the Lincoln, it, that's that's, that's yeah, him. That's the Lincoln baby. <laughs> well, um, that's they used to know. Yeah. You know, that's the whole joke between uh, the Lost in Translation thing, where. Yeah. Uh, where they don't want to do, they don't want to do, they don't want to be pitch people because it affects their right. movie career in the yeah. states. But they can go do it in Japan, they can go yeah. do it in, in and, China, and, and now it's over. They but now like, yeah. they all want That's it. Give all. me a voiceover thing. Give me a show. Give me a TV show. Give me a cartoon. You know, and well, there's so many of those. For them, it's quick alimony money, right? Yeah. Like it's well, no, it's, it's exactly where <laughs> and I they don't went, have to right? be in makeup yeah. and hair and stuff. You know, no. every once in a while, like about once a year, I will do something for an on-camera project where they need me there. I'm still doing voiceover, but they and they. They put you in a trailer, you Behind sit screens, all day, yeah. you wait, then they come in and go, okay, you're ready to go, okay, we're going to go, all right. And then the actors are there, and I'm like in a little, sometimes literally in a closet mm-hmm. with a mic and headphones, and then I read the lines for them, whatever it is, and they go, okay, great. And I'm like, I could have really? recorded this and just given it to you guys, you know, but. Well, we needed the shot for the, the behind the scenes on the DVD, <laughs> so you had to be That's here. that world, so I think that yeah. when, and when you experience that you go yeah voiceover is in a voiceover like today i'll leave here and then i'll go to my home studio and i'll do two or three different jobs you know or i'll go out to la and do you know and you'll jump from studio to studio and in my stage show i do a whole bit on that a day in the life of a voice actor because you can travel and be 20 different people in a day you know do so you have fun. do you have a and, and do you have representation that then yeah kind yeah. of sends all this to you manages yeah. all that so yeah and my wife is actually my manager as well nice. so uh, she, her and my agents work together so that's fun yeah um what about uh, uh audiobooks audiobooks are a whole that's a whole other scene man <laughs> Different, different crew that does the audiobook tours. It's uh, it's tough because yeah. it's that's a tough thing, and it's and it's, a, it's a, an acquired art because if I pick up something, so now cold reading is all vo- voiceover is all about cold reading, meaning you pick something up and you read it, make it sound like you're you you know it, but you're reading it for the first time, and that's what we're all about. But when you're reading a book, you have to study, it, you got to get through it, and you got to be able to change characters and do all of that. So it's really a, an art form. Uh, I've done some of it, but the other problem with it too is 
it pays really badly. I was just going to say there's probably no money. Versus how much effort you have to put out. So, for for example, if you record a book, uh, they'll have you record it in your studio or wherever. And if it takes you 10 hours to record it and edit it and do all that, but the book is only six hours, you get paid for six hours. So you only get paid for the length of the finished product. And the fee is quite different than, I mean, it's, I, I can go into my booth and do, you know, The Simpsons coming up next on Fox and get paid the same or actually more than I would for an hour's worth of no kidding narrating a book. Yeah. So and I don't mean to make it about the money. I'm just saying, you know, but it's well, like, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's lifestyle. Yeah. And I can work for two hours and get this and yeah. then I'm done and join the wife and kids. I always yeah. feel like the people who are reading those books aren't actually reading, <laughs> meaning that they don't they don't they don't know what they've just like. If you just ask them, like, <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> They'd be like, I, I don't know. I was just reading. Like, yeah. I don't know what that chapter was. That's about. That's why I like getting books that are read by the author. Oh really? Yeah, because right. yeah, then the, it, it, I always feel like they're. Like I always feel like they're. That's the amateur version. Like I always feel like <laughs> like they because they don't. <laughs> they don't know. They don't do as good a job. It's oh, always like sometimes a see, I get pulled out of it. There was one that was on uh, uh, Phil Hartman that I was so excited about mm. because I love Phil Hartman. Yeah. yeah, and it was read by a guy that was very much a voice actor, and he was. Oh, reading. that's a bummer. In 1975, Phil Hartman. I thought, oh, it just kind of pulled me out of it. You know, mm. I wanted somebody that was just going to kind of read it like Phil Hartman. You, you know? can't, but that's like watching your own stuff, right? Like yeah. You, you see all, you see the sausage being made the whole time. I like, I like watching stuff though. As a, I guess because it's cartoons. I love cartoons, and you know, I've been so fortunate to be every superhero that I ever dreamed. Of. I've been Spider Man, The Flash, Silver Surfer, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. You know, all these. I love being them. So I love watching them. I don't know. They're fun. I'm just a nerd. <laughs> I would like to finish. Yeah. Because we are, we've evaporated oh. our 45 minutes. Yeah, quick. Uh, my family name is a character, been a car- cartoon character. And I remember going to my grandfather's house. Uh-huh. And uh, Sylvester was uh, Warner Brothers. Yes. And Sylvester was licensed by um, a cat food company yeah. in the 50s. Yeah. And they did a ton of promotional material, and my grandfather had all of it. Oh, really? And I remember loving going to the house and seeing the calendar and the glasses. And the, I mean, the Sylvester was on. Fuffer and fuckatash. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's my ringtone. There you oh, go. Oh, is no, yeah, I, no, <laughs> and, it? No, it, it's then, going to be. We can't then afford that. <laughs> Sylvester Jr., who is, oh, father, I'm so embarrassed. My own dear father, embarrassing me so. You know, whatever can a poor pussycat do? The funny thing was I could never do Sylvester, but I could kind of do Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, I could hear Foghorn in your voice. I say I say I, say I could hear it, Mark. Yeah, you got to keep your eye on the ball, boy. I say, I say ah, ball. That's a jo- I say that's a joke, son. That's exactly it. Yeah. That one was easy. <laughs> <laughs> the easy for you, he said. <laughs> James, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. What a pleasure. Yeah, wow, this is very fun. Lots oh. of lots of chuckles, and uh, we, we didn't get into our normal whole thing about business. But oh. I, I love the fact that I mean, this is your business. And it is the, the yeah. way you've turned your your power, your superpower, uh, from four to uh, yeah, forty seven now. And okay, there you yeah. go. I've I've played my whole life. I've been blessed to to How have fun my whole life, that? and that's it. So, yeah, I've I've written a book on that too, for telling people to pursue What's the their book dreams. Called? It's called Jat Three Sixty Five. It's three hundred sixty five daily inspirations for the pursuit of your dreams. That's the very long subtitle, but Jat Three Sixty Five. Oh, I love that. It's on Amazon, but uh, but it was because I got to do what I've always wanted to right. do. So I try to tell people pursue your dreams. I love that. Yeah. Um, w- one of the things we get to do on the show is. Give a title to this conversation. Ah. Was this was this nice little uh, bowl of soup that we've made, <laughs> and what would we call it if we were looking at it ten years from now? Oh my boy! So many voices, so little time. Okay. That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> I like that because it is ama- It feels like a, a breath that went since we started. I think that um, I like the organicness of you of you kind of working through the voices that are kind of in the front of your mind. Yeah. You know, when you hear voices like you clearly do, um, the ones that are in the front of your mind are are probably the most interesting, you know, more than if we sat here and had a list that you had to like run through. Yeah. You know, no, I love it when you just pull things out and then see if I can do it. It's more that. Well, the riffing is good. The riffing is what's that because that feels to us like I love that that idea that that picture you painted of of you sitting backstage with a bunch of of voiceover buddies and and kind of 
kind of going through your varieties of one guy all all somebody has to do is go it's crazy and then the whole room yeah, yeah, will yeah, start yeah, doing Christopher yeah, Walken yeah. yeah so I am uh, in the middle of listening to a, a podcast a how to podcast uh-uh. by um, the guy who's NPR and Planet oh, right. Money Mark yeah. you should do a podcast you should oh, that would be a good idea yeah. for you oh, right. my god yeah. it's sitting right in front of me yeah, you got a great voice for it too jeez but it's it's uh, if you the way he characterizes it's audio storytelling. Oh yeah. And the differences That's... of telling story because we're all about story in my TED and all that Absolutely. stuff is about story, but how audio is so different. Yeah. And he 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 starts off by saying that he plays a clip where he had recorded it in the closet because the room was too oh, bouncy. Yeah. And he had a um a. a blanket over yep, him yep. <laughs> and he was doing that to mute it right yeah and then he stopped and he said okay what color was the blanket <laughs> to the to the people in the audience and everybody was different and yeah. what was i wearing everything was different he said that's the thing about audio yeah right you paint that picture boy that's perfect that's exactly it. it thank you so much thank you i really really appreciate this i also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services, and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. Another another good one, Patrick. It's uh, almost like we know what we're doing. <laughs> almost, just <laughs> barely. Barely. Uh, we've been doing it. You know, we've been doing this for two years now. Have almost a hundred shows in the can, and we're supported by great partners and sponsors. I want to thank everyone who has been helping us make this happen. If you want to learn more about how to support us, go to 805connect.com. You can find us there. Patrick, uh, someone who came in the front door by yeah. hearing about this show didn't even know we were on the planet. Yeah, sure. But now at the end of this, they're like, I want more. Uh, you know what? Surprisingly, we have more. We Do have we? over a <laughs> hundred episodes in our back catalog. Uh, go take a look at those, and uh, be sure to rate the ones that worked really well for you. Because what that does to us is that lets us know uh, when we're doing things the right way, and then we'll invite more people back like that. We'll even invite some of those people uh, back on the show uh, that you really uh, loved. In fact, that would be the best thing to do: is send Mark an email, let him know uh, what guests you've enjoyed in the past, and we'll reach out to them, and uh, maybe we'll do like a greatest hits uh, and bring back some of those people. I think we could do that and have James here doing all <laughs> hundred <laughs> of those. People. I would like to. I would like to reiterate, though I haven't seen his rate sheet. I don't think we can afford him <laughs> <Yeah>. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yes, I would love to hear from you. If you want to drop me a note, just send it to Mark at eight hundred five Connect dot com. Tell me somebody fascinating you know that should be on the show, and we'd love to get them sitting here in the booth. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.